This is Newhouse at Night. Hear tomorrow's star broadcasters today, live on QSportsTalk.com and ESPN Radio Syracuse. Welcome to Newhouse at Night. Harry Kelly along with Jackson Holzer. And Jackson, a lot of basketball news. And not quite in the news you would expect. Not just games, but controversies. And mainly, of course, I'm sure those of you who are tuning in to ESPN Radio Syracuse and Q Sports Talk, a lot of talk about the comments made by Jim Beheim, And we're going to give you our first reactions as current students. So, Jackson, obviously, look, I'm going to give some summary to the audience just in case uh, if you weren't uh, paying attention to this. So this past weekend, Coach Beheim talked to Pete Thamel of ESPN. Um, just to give some of the highlights of what he said. He is, quote, probably coming back to coach next season, and it's completely his decision to make. He said he has the support of, quote, 95% of Syracuse fans. Um, and the school, and almost, and the school, he has the support of the school also. And then he hears almost nobody of any note tell him that he needs to retire. He says he has full support of all fans. He also described. Well, we all know that retirement part is a lie, but we go definitely on. do. We, we definitely know that. He hears everything. He described college basketball as being, quote, in an awful place, unquote, because of all the NIL deals being made. And then the big one, this is the one that got him in trouble, and this is one he had apologized for. He alleged that Pittsburgh, Miami, and Wake Forest had essentially created their teams only by money. He later retracted those statements on Pitt and Wake Forest, saying only Miami had been confirmed. But then after a follow up statement, he apologized and said, in general, he did not believe teams had done that. But Jackson, a lot to unpack in these comments. And firstly, I want to pose a question to you since this has been quite the debate since this interview. Two questions, and you can take okay. it however you want. Cool. Should Jim Beheim retire after this season? And is he right about NIL, or is this just a sign of time passing him by? Should he retire? I mean, he kind of said it best. It's up to him. I, I really, with all due respect, you can criticize him all you want about recent years in Syracuse, but... I think, with all due respect, it is up to him whether he wants to retire or not. I think if he wants to go one more season, I'm more than okay with that. And then after that, if you want to assess his future. So if he wants to go one more year, fine, especially with this young core. If they all come back, then fine. But, I mean, the bigger issue is clearly the NIL. It, it, it so is. And he alleges that they bought the teams. And... He's not really wrong, but he's not really right either. Mm. Because he said it in a way where it was like it was against the rules. Right. But the reality is is that what are the rules to NIL right now? There's not many I do. Do you know any on it. do you know any rules to it? What are the rules? Essentially, from what I understand, having talked to a couple NIL collective leaders, essentially the rules state that the university itself cannot be involved in NIL. The university itself okay, cannot be Okay, so the university can't. However, the university can, as part of their pitch, say, hey, you guys can get the, these NIL deals. So you can essentially advertise NIL, but you can't so, advertise So this NIL. is the problem with NIL. This, mm. this, is the, this is the disconnect and why it is the wild, wild west and why the transfer portal is really the free agency portal. Right. And why recruiting is really about who can give most money. It is also free agency. It's that the school is not affiliated with these organizations, right. but they are affiliated, yes. but they're not affiliated. Exactly. And what I mean by that is... The school is aware of how many, how much money these organizations have. Let's right. say, I'm just going to throw out, a, I don't know anything about how much money Syracuse organizations have, but let's just throw out a number for a thought experiment. 
let's say Syracuse, the organization's giving out NIL money. They have $10 million to play with, right? right? The school is aware that they have $10 million to play with. Right. So they can offer that $10 million how they see fit. But I just don't understand why they can't have any sort of say in it because it's just, it's ridiculous to me. I, I just don't get it. If they have, they're aware of how much money they have and they can advertise it, but it's not directly affiliated with them. What is the point? I think right now part of the issue is, is look, the NCAA has made clear that they believe congressional intervention is needed, the U.S. Congress, I mean. That appears to be unlikely right now, uh, and not getting into politics, just in terms well, of the basic Well, it's on sketch. them for making this legal. It is, but at, but at the same time, though, given the Supreme Court rulings and all that, this was going to happen eventually. However, to your point, one of the things that Beheim said, which was interesting, I think to your point of asking, oh, he's saying acting like it's illegal – I think his point was that the amount of money being thrown at the players. I think his talking there about there's no limit, but I think his point was is that these guys are making six, seven figures. His argument apparently, which you know, who knows, we can verify this number. He claimed that Syracuse players are roughly making about twenty thousand dollars. Okay, well, how much is the guy in twenty twenty four Elijah Moore going to make? Exactly. I mean, that's and it's a it, good point. It's just hypocritical. Elijah Moore just got paid how much money? Probably, probably six, seven figures. I would think. I think it was seven figures. Probably I think figures, Adam Weitzman yeah. confirmed over a million dollars for him. Right. And here's the problem. And there was a big example from the University of Florida in a different sport just a few weeks ago with the Jalen Rashada. Yeah. It's these organizations promised him a certain amount of money. Right. And then all of a sudden they he wants the scholarship revoked because they can't give him that money anymore. Right. I, I there's no governance to this. So Bayheim is right and he's wrong at the same time because whatever is going on right now in the NCAA, it is legal. And it has happened before, and it has been happening for years. Right. This all of what's really happening right now, Harry. It was. It used to just like not be talked about. It yes. used to be like that right. stuff exactly. that it was like the black market. You didn't talk about it. It was just that stuff that like everyone right. knew, but you couldn't talk. And now it's the cat is out of the bag. Yeah. Now, now everyone is here to see this nil. Whether it's good or bad, I think the players can be able to make money off their own name. I think that's good. I just, there are issues clearly with what's going on. And either you got to get in on it or time is going to pass you by. Well, you said something to me, which I found really interesting related to recruitment. And I agree with you that I don't think, I think Bayheim has earned the right to not be necessarily fired or forced out. However, I will say at a certain point, you have to realize when perhaps time has passed you by. You said something to me, Jackson, off camera, which I thought was really powerful about recruitment related to the recruitment of Judah Mintz. What did you say specifically about that? How much money is he making? How much money is Judah Mintz making? I I, I don't know. And his quality of talent, how common did it used to be we'd get players like Judah Mintz? Very common. Versus now. Now it's not very common. Right. I, I, I... Someone's not throwing money around like these other schools. Right. And whether they have the money or they don't have the money. But that's how NIL works. It's the top college basketball, football, whatever players, the top athletes in really any sport, the way to get them to come to your school is offer the most money. Right. And they'll come. That's what it is. And another thing I said to you off camera that I want to point out, and no one's talking about it. I've heard nothing about this on campus. Right. Syracuse doesn't have a single 2023 recruit. Oh, yeah. Not a single one. Scary. We're in February. Yeah. We have no recruits. None. 
Zero. They've offered to two players. One went to Auburn. One went to Tennessee. I'm right. imagining they got more money right. than $20,000. Right. It's a problem. Also, too, I just think in general with certain coaching things to me, look, um, obviously there's been so much talk about the past couple of years. It's kind of almost a running joke now in Syracuse. But the 2-3 zone, to me, I think it's been established at this point, the 2-3 zone, at least the way Bayheim runs it does not work anymore. Syracuse is currently 210th in the country in points allowed per game. They're allowing about 70 points per game. We've seen games like against Colgate. Colgate, let's think about that for a second. Colgate, Colgate hey. who tore apart that 2-3 zone like they it was nothing. got some nice toothpaste. <laughs> but also too, you know, we, we've mentioned before the last show, Jackson, that Duke game last year. Mm -hmm. One of the things that stuck out in that game Duke scored 34 points in the first 10 minutes of that game. To this oh, that day, to this day, that is one of the wildest offensive versus defensive performances I've ever seen. Duke made Syracuse look like they didn't even deserve to be in the dome. I, 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 I remember that game, and I said after that game that that felt like the end of the Syracuse program as we know it. I, I agreed. I mean, that was a hyped-up game. Everyone came to the Dome and ready to go. And looking at it right now, they fell behind 17-2, and it wasn't even five minutes in. Right. It I, was and, a disaster. And to your point, has Syracuse really recovered from that loss? I mean, when's the, what's the most notable win we've had since then? Uh, I'm trying. Uh, you, hold on. You put me on the spot here. But I mean, You beat FSU last year in the ACC tournament? Yay. That's about it. I mean... Um, well, kudos to Syracuse for almost beating Virginia. Right. And... Almost beating North Carolina and almost beating Miami, and, but they did not win those games. And part of Beheim's comments, he argued, was that you know because they were close, that shows that they're making progress. But I, I would these argue these are two different things, though. If you want to say that they're making progress because they're a young team and they're all going to come back next year and they're going right. to be seasoned veterans now in college basketball, then you have a point. But I'll are, listen to you on that. But, but are they going to come back, though, is the question. Well, exactly. I have no idea if they're right. going to come back right. because this transfer portal basically says, hey, you can... You can go wherever you right. want as long as the schools don't offer you more money. Right. I, 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 I wish I had the, the solution is simple. You need to spend more money. Right. But I don't know if these organizations have the money to spend. Well, having talked to, uh, and again, I, I don't want to uh, put any names out there. I just I had some sources that I talked to for a journalism class. There is talk that Syracuse will ramp up the money, but will it be, has the time passed? Are we doing it too, too little too late at this point? Well, think about it like this. The guy who really gets thrown the name that gets thrown around a lot is Adam Weitzman. Right. When it comes to NIL at Syracuse. Right. You think about these bigger schools though, Harry? I'm telling you, there's about ten Adam Weitzmans there. Right. There's so it's many true. of them there. It's true. This is why like all these other schools seem to be getting better and Syracuse is just staying stagnant because right. they're all spending the money and Syracuse is not. Right. I wish I can come on here and give you a whole comprehensive class on how NIL works. But basically, to sum it up, it is a free-for-all. There are no now. rules. Yeah. The only boundary, so to speak, is the school isn't like a not allowed to know about it, but like is allowed to know about yeah. it. So they're fully aware of how much money, and they can pledge however much money they want, but the money, them, it can't come from the school. Right. It's mind-boggling. I think what will be interesting is just, in general, to me, here's the thing. Okay, Bayheim, it sounds like Bayheim is staying next year. Okay. To me, this next season, I know we're we're already in the middle of this season, I know, but 
you know, to be clear, and I'm not just saying this to be pessimistic. This is the analytics. This They're is probably the stats. not making. They the are tournament. probably not making the tournament. It would most likely require either a huge run at the end of this regular season, and most likely Look, a huge run. Syracuse at Syracuse wins out. Syracuse wins out. Not excluding ACC tournament. They'll have an argument. They'll have an argument. But they'll have an argument. They'll have an argument, but then they'll probably still, even if they went out, they would probably still need to make some noise in the ACC tournament, most likely. I mean, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games left on the schedule. I mean, your record is 21 and 10, and you're going to get quad one wins in there. I think they would be, I mean, like at the upper end of the bubble, so just don't have right. a total tragedy in the ACC tournament. But to your point, the odds They're are probably super low. not going to yeah. make it anyway. And most likely, th this would be this is the third time ever in Coach Beheim's career that they've missed the tournament back to back years. The first one being 1981, 1982, last one being 2007, 2008, and now, if this were to happen, 2022 and 2023. And just Jackson, to this point, if we get to next year, right? Let's be clear: if Jim Beheim comes back next year, which it sounds like he is, I think he will. The pressure levels on this program will be unlike anything I think we've seen within probably within probably the past generation. I mean, when's the last time you're going to have a team that's going to be facing this much pressure to deliver? I mean, it depends on really the preseason expectations and whether Syracuse can pull in some recruits, whether Syracuse gets a hot transfer. I don't know. You could say that unless it's absolutely known that it's going to be Bayheim's last year, then there might have been other years where they had more pressure on them just because they were a better team in the preseason coming in. Well, that's going to wrap it up for this first segment. We're going to move on to the other big New York basketball story, that being the trade of Kyrie Irving to the Dallas Mavericks. And Jackson, I know you have a lot of thoughts about that. So oh, you're going to yeah, want to You're going to want to stick around for that here on ESPN Radio Syracuse and Q Sports Talk. They need tools, you name it. Make sure you think of Pawn Pro on Erie Boulevard. WTLA North Syracuse, WSGO Oswego, W249BC Mattydale, W261AC Oswego, WTKWHD2 Bridgeport, ESPN Radio. This is Newhouse at Night. Hear tomorrow's star broadcasters today, live on QSportsTalk.com and ESPN Radio Syracuse. Welcome to the second hour of uh, New House at Night. You're listening to ESPN Syracuse 97.7, 100.1. I am Emily Shiroff here with Tiger Munn and Josh Crawford, and we've got whole hour of sports coming at you. Over there dancing like that? I Look, do see him over there dancing I'm like a, that. I, I'm not a professional like you, so I couldn't even. <laughs> Sorry. See, see who, runs, who wears the pants in his operation. Sorry. Oh, man. We got, it's been a week in sports. I'm about to say, we, it's been two weeks since we actually were not on air. This last is week. true. This is very true. Because Monday, they we, couldn't get a double dose of trouble. You feel what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, so we did. Oh, sorry. I cut you off. My bad. All I was gonna say is that, like, yeah, it seems like because we we got in a pretty good rhythm, we like each other enough. I don't know about y'all, yeah. so y'all be you feel what I'm saying sideways beefing. But you know, we you, you we we know how much happens in a week typically. Oh yeah, we know how to you know acquire information to put it together. But this For sure. week, you know, what I'm saying it wasn't even a fit a problem putting stuff. It was probably the biggest problem was what are we not gonna talk about? Because exactly. <laughs> lot 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 happening. Tiger, obviously, the I guess the, the true New Yorker in the room. You're like this. We'll get to the biggest news. The most, re uh, most recent big news, um, Kyrie Irving, formerly of the Boston Celtics, people forget that. Um, Brooklyn Nets, formerly as well. Um, I think they, they, was, they made an official about an hour ago with Silver and whatnot. Um, official on the Dallas Mavericks, Spencer Dinwiddie, Dorian Finney-Smith, a 2029 first rounder. Um, Tiger, as a resident New Yorker, what do you, how do you react 
to your second string hometown team. Second string. He doesn't claim them, so I can't I can't throw it on him like that. Yeah, so, so I really want to. But how do you feel about um, a top ten score of all time leaving your team for role players? So, whoa, whoa, whoa my team. Town. <laughs> town. Second team. Second. There, second. There yeah. Thank you. Second also, I'm from Long Island, not Brooklyn. I can't. I can't claim Brooklyn, unfortunately. Oh, we remember. Knee <laughs> slapper, trough. But um, how I feel about Kyrie going to the Mavs? Well, for the Mavs, on the Mavs side of things, I feel like it's not really going to change that much for them, because I think the problems with the Mavs aren't necessarily the players on the court. It's more or less what's going on behind the players on the court. 100%. I think, I think coaching needs to be improved. I think front office does need to be improved to a certain extent. They did have Luka, and they've been surrounding him with good players to help him put up stats. But Kyrie really has been the best player to help them win games and win games in the playoffs. The only thing about that is I don't think Kyrie is – I think at this point we can say Kyrie's not really a guy that's going to – take your team over the top and get you over the hump of the conference finals. And for Brooklyn, I think for what it's worth, they did what they had to do in the trade and they're able to at least try to replace what they had. So, you know, there's that aspect. I know you had your own opinions about it too. Mm, I do. Like you said, good brother. I'll give it to Vandy. You say you're in the middle of something right now. Oh, I'm figuring out our, our mic issues because oh, we no, can't hear okay, our producers in the studio, it, um, but we are all good. What right. about Vandy, my favorite subject? No, I was, you know, that's your nickname. I was, that was, that was my nickname. Oh. <laughs> but I, uh, I'll tag and then I'll let you jump in. Um, like you said, Tiger, I did. Here's the thing with Kyrie. Like, nobody here, I mean, we're all, we, we all know basketball. We actually know sports. You know, so we know what we're talking about. Yeah. So I don't think anybody here, I'll speak for y'all, even though I really do thinks that Kyrie Irving is a net negative as a basketball player on a team. Mm -mm. Literally yeah. one of the most creative guys with the ball in his hands ever to play the game. Anybody saying that they don't want Kyrie on their team is lying to themselves. Even at this stage of their, his career, like, you're getting, you're getting... He's still elite. Multiple starters and, you know, first-round picks. So he has tradable, tangible trade value, unlike another guy from a number one overall pick. In Brooklyn right now, that's still there. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> like, He's their problem now. <laughs> it's just like, we literally just had a discussion with, you know, Professor Stomsky and, you know, we look at the NBA like the sport and whatever, but it's a job, especially at yep. that. And Kyrie, you know, I'm not going to talk about his personal character. Like you said, I have some thoughts. You know, that, this ain't the platform from that. But he it is abundantly clear that he makes doing your job, not only his job, but everybody else around him's jobs, way more difficult than it needs to be. Public relations people, calm people, his teammates, his availability, like the coach, he's already ran through a couple coaches. So like he makes he puts everybody's job in peril that's around him. Yeah. And it yeah. looks like, you know, regardless of how talented of a player he is, like I said, I think he's the top two scorer of all time. This might this might be the um, we might have seen the last of Kyrie Irving being playing impactful basketball. Because we look at, you know, Dallas, you know, this is really their their only Good chance to get a superstar before this playoff load up for Luka. You know, obviously they're going to score 150 points, but who's, who are they going to defend? How are Luka, Luka, how are Luka and Kyrie going to share the ball? This doesn't solve their problem about defending anybody on the perimeter. No. So you're definitely grasping at straws. You know, the NBA, I'm not an NBA general manager, so I'm not going to tell them what else they could have got out there. But it's like, man, to be such a talent, like it's not as bad as Ben Simmons, but he's really played himself. Kyrie Irving has really played himself. No, I 100% agree. And me and Tiger were talking about this when the trade first broke. On the court, there's really no negatives to having Kyrie. But when you have someone like Luka and then you bring a player like Kyrie 
who may alter, will force Luca to alter his style of play. I don't know how that's going to mesh out, but he's still a positive to have on the floor. It's off the court that I'm like incredibly concerned about because Luca and Kyrie are two very big personalities. Like, how are those going to work? Especially is my in question. Texas. Especially in Texas. Oh my gosh, everything's <laughs> bigger in Texas. So like, I, I, it gets to a point where you have to wonder: is the impact on the team culture or like the the PR side of things? How is that going to affect how he's viewed there? How his teammates like being around him and playing with him? Because yeah, someone can be a great player, but if if you think they're a not great person to be around, how does that affect your chemistry with them on the court? Is my question. Mm-hmm. And then Tiger, I was, you know, we'll probably be related to it like this. You know, a basketball locker was a lot smaller than a football locker. Absolutely. It's a lot. You can have a lot more impact. In this You're sport. closer with your teammates. I mean, I wouldn't even say that. It's just because there's less actual guys on the court, one person can have such more bigger influence, A, on the game. You probably say that one star player in the NBA changes a lot of things. And in the locker room, you're fighting 15, 60 voices at the max versus 100, 120. So it's like it's a lot more impactful in terms of like, like you said, if Kyrie does come to um, Dallas and be a bad apple, which, you know, I don't think he's a – He's not a bad person. Just... I wouldn't say he was. I, I don't know. I, I, like you said, like, I, I don't, I'm not going to say he's a bad person, but he seems to leave bad things in his trail. So it's hard to separate that from me. I don't he think he's way too much controversy, and he said so many things that it, it's... He tweaked out. He tweaked out. Yeah. I, I think he thinks he's a lot more knowledgeable about some things than he actually is. That's what I think his problem that is. True. is. That's true. And like... And we he needs he needs to be humbled every now and again. <laughs> we all know a know it all. I think we we all yeah. know a know it all. But oh, he's yeah. like a dangerous know it all. Yeah, like he's like some like literally with his fame and like some of the very extreme views that he has. Like it is like something to where you worry about like him influencing people or even just like you said, just simply being a distraction and like or being out for a season off a decision. Yep. And you hope off a bad decision. You would that. think that something like that would never be a play again, considering you know something like that, the pandemic being a once in a lifetime thing. But for Kyrie, like I said, it just he keeps seemingly having these. Oh, it's only going to be in this one specific situation every time. So right. like how how like I how many know, more times do you give him? I mean, not only that, do you even trust him going forward at any time? And I, I think that the price that Dallas gave is you know pretty indicative that like it's pretty low. Honestly, it's a low-risk, high-reward type of thing because you're giving out two-year starters and, you know, everybody complains about Luka not having help anyway. So, you're, you get some, a new shiny toy. Yeah. But ultimately, like you said, him, I think I'm agree with it. It's probably not going to get the result that Dallas probably intends to. They're going to lose in the second round how I see how the team currently is built. I agree. Yeah, they're going to put up like 130 points. It's going to look, it's gonna look cool. It's going to look very fun to watch. But at the end of the day, when it's playoff time, you got to play defense. You got to have guys that are going to, like, take the charge call in like when it's like they don't have five that. minutes left in the game, you don't want to take the charge call when LeBron James is coming at you, right. but like someone's got to do it. And yeah, I feel you like trade away your best defender and Dorian Finney-Smith. Yeah, and I feel like right. now they don't have that dirty work guy. They have so much like posh and uh, they have so much like posh and play and like so much like finesse that I don't. Okay, th- I see you, brother. Posh and play. Yeah, you know. I'm, <laughs> last week I had to like step it up a little bit. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, I just don't feel like they have like grit and grind really win basketball games are going to be tough to win. Speaking of grit and grind. Perfect transition, brother. You know what I'm saying? A little little trouble in the grid and grind land. I can't lie. Oh, yeah. We'll get to the, the, mm-hmm. the fun stuff first. We'll get to the little the treacherous stuff. Um, grid and grind guy, two grid and grind guys in All-Star game. You know what I'm saying? Ja, with his second appearance. Jaron Jackson Jr., first-time All-Star, leading the lead in blocks, averaged almost four and a half blocks in the FedEx formats where the Grizzlies played. 
Um, Drew Holiday made the All-Star team, too. Um, you know, he's always been, like, a lockdown defender. Um, you know, it seemed like with guys like uh, – like, I don't want to say Anthony Davis, Davis plays defense. Guys like uh, James Harden not making it namely. Probably a big, the biggest name left off. Mm. Joel Embiid's not a starter, which is Crazy. questionable. I, I'll get that about best. That. I, think they, I think they prioritized defense this year with Drew Holiday and Jaren. So how do y'all feel about the All-Star guys? I, I was going to say, uh, Adam, is it okay if I start and kick it to you? Yeah. So I was going to say the thing about uh, Embiid's situation is, yeah, he should be a starter, but if he was in the Western Conference, he would be a starter automatically. Mm-hmm. It's just a – you got – Giannis, because Giannis has to start. Then you got Jason Tatum, who's an MVP candidate, and Kevin Durant. Those are three bigs that are really hard to take off the starting rotation. And I feel like, not necessarily saying that it's because of Embiid's play, I just feel like the opinion of Embiid is just kind of like, oh, yeah, he can be an all-star. Just make Tatum a two. We could just solve all this. Just make Tatum yep. a wing. Agreed. Put him in the backcourt. Yeah. He, he, he can do anything. I'm about to say, it's not like he hasn't played guard before. He can you, play you, one you, through five. Like, it doesn't matter. Players, like Tiger saying, on the, West, the Eastern Conference, you know, right. start lineup. Yeah. If I had to say into the actual lineup, it'd probably be like... I'm bumping Donovan Mitchell, putting Tatum there because he can do literally anything, and then sticking Embiid in Tatum's place. Probably, That's my thought, though, because Kyrie should start. Yeah. I'm probably putting... Uh, I, even based on play, I'm not having Kyrie. Like, Kyrie starting an all-star game, like, even just as a basketball guy, I was like, no, he's not even the best on his team, first of all. Usually the all-star starter is the best player on the team. It's good that your other teammate got it, but let's look at your team. Yeah, I'm not like, sure how I feel about having feel, two people I, from the same team. I feel like Brooklyn's kind of a lineup. different situation because they have two absolute superstars Super on the same team. team. Kyrie, it's like when LeBron and, like, D-Wade were on the same team. My fault, Josh. No, I'm just saying, like, superstar for Kyrie at this point is a stretch for me. We can say superstar in terms of like he still sells. Up. Stephen A. Smith, you said this like he gets he's a ticket seller. He's mm-hmm. a guy that's a major attraction when he comes to your town. He makes money. But in terms of superstars and like contributing to positive winning championship basketball, twenty five guys in the league I want for Kyrie off bat. This is when I say all star starter. I'm like man, like you look at Darius Garland, like you said, Mitchell started. Um, like Trey Young does a lot of the similar things with uh. With Trey Young Kyrie. is not getting the respect he deserves right now. Like I would take Trey Young or Kyrie Irving right now. I, I would. I'm a little I bit am. biased on Trey Young because he think he Reggie Miller, but y'all go on. I'm fine with the Western Conference starting lineup though. Okay. I'm, I'm okay not. with. Well, I'm not. I don't know if I want Zion in there. He's barely played. First of all. First and, and foremost. <laughs> is not in the game. <laughs> you know, even in the starting, even though you feel what I'm saying he out here, you know. Yeah. Told out of choppers on or whatever, he's still not. A, he, that's what I'm saying. That's a, he's a top two guard in the NBA right now. Josh. We couldn't put we put Luca as a guard at six nine. We could we could put a Tatum as a guard and then be hundred like, percent move Luca to forward. Put Luca at guard. Put Luca not Luca. Jason Tatum wherever he can literally play any position. Like, like it doesn't Luke, matter. We got a six nine guard is a Western Conference All Star, but we can't put Tatum. Where is at Joel Embiid? <laughs> we can't get Embiid as a starter. So that is. I speaking of Shy, I, was I, I said speaking of jaw. What's that? Oh. Oh boy. I mean the first thing It's a sensitive subject, Tiger. Look how you just New York just went right into it and ripped the band-aid off. <laughs> he said, I don't care about your feelings. At all. <laughs> this I is mean, pretty interesting. <laughs> it is an interesting turn of events though. Let's so, be real. Yeah, I mean it just seemed like, you know, obviously if you haven't heard it, it was a situation it was reported by the athletic and then Jaws, um, you know, Antelligence addressed it. But there was a situation that him and his, um, you know, his people got into it with some of the the Indiana Pacers, I guess, staff and something like that. And he had the little drive-by incident, the, the alleged pointing of a laser and stuff like that. Um, yeah, we're not playing good enough to justify all these shenanigans. Yeah. We were dunking over Malik Beasley in a living game winning streak. 
you know, I can let the little fake, you know, tough gangster stuff go. But, you know, it's it's just, here's the thing, and you could probably relate to this too, Tiger. Like, you know, I've had a variety of different teammates. Teammates that was first one in, last time out, last guy out, and I've had the, I don't know how to teammates, if you can pick up what I'm putting down. Yeah. Like, everybody gets prepared, and everybody has a different process to get, you know, whatever. But, hey, you know, yeah, some of these actions are reflecting poorly back on not only him on the, in, and in the city, specifically with some of the events happening around the city right now. Mm-hmm. And be like, yeah, man, you're not we, – we won eight in the last nine games. Like, we're, we were quickly, like – us and Denver were quickly separating ourselves from the top of the Western Conference to us falling back into that three, four, five, six, you know, range. So, you know, not all of that is Jaws' fault, but, you know – it's not his fault, but just like he doesn't really need the action he's getting. Right. And uh, uh, one of the all time guys work. like Chris Vernon was talking about like they, a lot of guys have been um, a lot of, a lot of punters have been like trying to pound the table for us to get some uh, some veterans in there, you know, before the trade deadline because you know they think we can make a run at the chip this year, which I think we can too. And I kind of been against that because for me, we would be giving up like a lot of you know young assets that could potentially be bigger than something like an OJ and Anobi or whatever else we could get on the market. But when you see stuff like this happening repeatedly. That does make you want a guy like Danny Green to take a more forward leap in the process. You do want a, a veteran. You do want to, you know, see, like, what type of influence do we have in this locker room? Because obviously, you know, it's not the best right now. I'm not going to, again, what people report or whatever, like, that's definitely not determining people's character. But it has been enough riffraff going on, enough of, you know, stuff that ain't been related to basketball. Extracurriculars. Come on now. So it is, you know, kind of a frustrating thing. And what is not playing well, that just, you know, it's an X multiplier. Y'all know that. Yeah. Uh, we're going to we're going to toss it a break for our radio folks when we come back we'll talk some SU hoops and Ooh. some other extracurriculars More going on with that. So uh, you're listening to 97.7 100.1 ESPN Syracuse and we will see our radio friends after this short break. Bow. 